Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days he would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land he gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. And this is the House of Ephraim show on Tuesday, October the 17th, 2023. And it's Teacher's Tuesday. And you know, last week, I was all prepared and the blog radio would not connect. The phone would not connect. They were having issues on their end. So I am thrilled that we got through today. And uh, But we have an awesome, awesome show today. But first, a word from our announcer. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard. I have a few announcements to make. First of all, I want to tell all of you that we had a terrific, absolutely terrific Sukkot. And we had it, we hosted it here at at, uh, Grand Central, and it was fantastic. We had a great time with everyone, and... We just, I'm telling you, that blog that we had that week on uh, Wednesday and on Thursday, we had uh, uh, testimonies from from uh, several of the Ephraimites that were here. I'm telling you, those are worth listening to. Uh, it'll change your life, I'll tell you. They were, they were absolutely fantastic, and I would... I would encourage you, if you haven't listened to those, go back and listen to them because they were fantastic, that is for sure. Well, as I said, uh, I had announcements to make. We uh, we will be having a January quarterly. That will be January 12th, 13th, and 14th in 2024. 
Our calendar is available now. It's a $20 donation for that calendar for for 2020, or excuse me, 2024. And uh, it, it, uh, it will have all the new moons and the festivals and the quarterlies are in there. And, uh, and I want to apologize for those of you that had the calendar for this year. And the 16th of October did not say that it was new moon. And I'm not positive how that slipped through. We proofread it multiple times. And I even have several people to proofread it before we print it. But obviously, all of us missed it. And uh, I, I apologize to you for that. And uh, if you, if you uh, missed New Moon, I, I announced it on the uh, YouTube last Wednesday and tried, tried to get, get word out about that. Well, uh, as I said, today is Teacher's Tuesday. We're going to start a, uh, a piece of ministry that I did Quite some time ago, I, I don't know, I have no idea when I did it, it's been a while, called obedience. Obedience. I'm telling you, obedience is important. Obedience is very, very important. Turn with me to First Samuel chapter 12. First Samuel chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 15. But if. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, if you will not. You see, we all have a will. We have a will to either obey or to disobey. That's our choice. That's our choice. We have a will. If you will not, if you will to not obey, the voice of the Lord, but rebel. Rebel. I want you to think about rebelling. You see, the opposite of obedience is rebellion. But rebel against the commandment of the Lord. Then shall the hand of the Lord be against you, as it was your father's. I'm telling you, that verse says so much. It says so much. You know, so often things happen to us and we go, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Now, we teach you that you go through temptations and it's because of the lust of your flesh that you go through those temptations. And you you go through them to show what is in your heart. God wants change in your life because God can't use you the way you are today the way he wants and needs to use you tomorrow. You got to get it out. You got to get it out. But this says that if you rebel, if you refuse to obey, that his hand will be against you. His hand will be against you. Now, I don't know about you, But I prefer to look at the Bible and look at all those promises of God. How about you? And I like to claim them. They're mine. 
and they are. And they're yours as well. But it takes obedience for you to get and keep those promises. Obedience. It takes obeying the voice of the Lord. Now, when I was a teenager, I went, I went to my, my Baptist preacher. And, you know, when you're a teenager, you're trying to figure out who you are and what you're supposed to be, and your future's laying right ahead of you, and everybody tells you it is, and you haven't got a clue what you're going to do or be. And so I was wanting to make sure that I was in God's perfect will for my life. But I didn't know how to find God's perfect will. Because you see, in the Baptist church, we're not filled with the Holy Ghost. And I was also raised in the Methodist church, and we weren't filled with the Holy Ghost there either. And we weren't taught about it. So therefore, I lacked the power of the Holy Ghost. And I didn't know how to hear God's voice. Now, let me tell you something. God still spoke. I can remember at that age that I'd be sitting in a service, and if the preacher was preaching something and God was dealing with me, I'd get this warm feeling right in my chest. And I knew I knew God was dealing with me about that. I knew it. But I was like going to my mass, uh, my, my Baptist pastor and I said look I need to know how to know the will of God for my life and he said go get your Bible oh I was so excited I ran back to the pew and I grabbed up my Bible and I ran up to the front of the church where him and I was talking and I handed him my Bible and he well actually he just looked at me and he said open it up to the first page well on the very first page He said, now read that to me. And I said, I started reading. And it said, God's will and Old Testament. Or else it said God's old will and Testament. Maybe that's how I read it. He said, now go to the New Testament. The very first page of the New Testament in your Bible. So I flipped to the very first page in the New Testament, and it said, God's will and New Testament. Put his hand on my Bible. He said, that is God's will for your life. Now, the excitement that I had had as I ran back there to the pew to get that Bible Because I thought, oh, wow, pastor is going to show me the will for my life. All of a sudden, it was like he popped, he popped the balloon and everything just went. He said, that Bible, everything in that Bible is God's will for your life. If you abide by that Bible, by what that Bible says, you'll be in God's will. Well, it wasn't quite what this teenage girl wanted to hear. But he was right. 
God expects us to obey his word. He expects us to obey his word. And when we disobey his word, we are in rebellion against his commandments. Obedience. Obedience. Now, again, I was in the, I was raised in the Methodist. I went to the Baptist church for a few years, went to a Presbyterian church for a few years, went to the Christian church for VBS, Vacation Bible School, as a child. Didn't know anything about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Ended up marrying a pastor of the Methodist church. was a pastor's wife. About 20 years. In the Methodist church. Didn't have the power of God. Didn't understand his voice except what was in the Bible. But the hand of God was against me. And I didn't even know it. Through a course of events, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Found out the promises are for me. I mean, that, that, was, that was in that charismatic time when I'm telling you the Bible bookstores were full of, of cards and books about the promises of God. And, and we'd read them every day and claim them. And this promise is for me. And I was, I was learning faith, and I was filled with the Holy Ghost and found out I had the power of God, and he healed. But not all those promises were happening for me. Why? Because the hand of the Lord was against me. But I was a preacher's wife. I prayed. I served God. I read my Bible. I believed in faith. I did all the things that I knew to do and that's the key I did everything I knew to do but I was missing something I was missing something and I didn't even know it I was missing the very thing that is in the Ten Commandments to keep his Sabbath and keep it holy I hadn't been taught. Prophet always said, wrong teaching, wrong believing. Wrong teaching, wrong believing. But I can remember we left the Methodist church, my first husband and I. We came and we joined Prophet's ministry. And after we'd come and joined Prophet, Prophet began to teach the revelation of keeping Sabbath. And something miraculous happened when I began to keep Sabbath. The hand of the Lord was no longer against me. And those blessings in the Bible began to happen in my life. Not all of them, 
but more of them than had happened before. There were some other things that God had to change in my life before I had his blessings overtaking me. Once I married Prophet Deckard, the blessings began to overtake me. Why? Because I had learned from Prophet how to obey the voice of the Lord. I had learned from Prophet how to know the difference between his voice, my voice, and the voice of darkness. I had learned that when God told me to do something, to be quick about it. And when I found out that I had failed, I learned to be quick to repent. And I learned not to allow self-condemnation in. I learned the importance of obedience. And the hand of the Lord was no longer against me. And I'm telling you that for you today, this can happen. This can happen in your life. Will it happen tomorrow? Will it happen the next day? No, but it will happen if you put your shoulder to the plow and begin to look in his word and begin to grow up. Begin to learn the the difference between God's voice, your voice, and the voice of darkness. Begin to learn the difference between obedience and disobedience. Begin to understand God's will for your life. Begin to understand repentance and learn to repent quickly when God shows you where you have been disobedient. Let's go to Let's go to 1 Samuel, chapter 15. Just a couple of chapters over. We're going to look at King Saul. Now, if you remember, Israel decided that they wanted, they wanted a king. You see, all these, other, all these other countries around them had kings. Well, all they had was a prophet. prophet of God. They wanted a king. The Samuel, the prophet of that day, he kept telling the people, no, no, no. And he kept saying, if you get a king, it's this or this. And I told him all the bad things that would happen. And he kept saying, no, you don't want a king. And finally, they kept persisting. And finally, God told Samuel, he said, we're going to give him a king. We're going to give him a king. They want to be like everybody else. We're going to let them be like everybody else. And so Samuel was told of the Lord to go anoint Saul to be king over Israel. Look at verse 1. We're going to read through 28. Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou to the voice 
of the words of the Lord. Now Samuel is telling Saul here exactly what God had to say. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up out of Egypt. God didn't forget, did he? Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both men and women, infants and suckling ox, sheep, camel, and ass. Whoa. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telem, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. That's 210,000. Right now Israel has 300,000 gathered. Because of what Hamas has done to Israel. They had 210,000 that Saul gathered. And Saul came to the city Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said to the Kenites, Go, depart, get down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For ye showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Hezbollah until they came to Shur, which is over against Egypt. And he took Ega, the king of the Amalekites, alive. And utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul... And the people spared Ega and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good and would not, would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused, they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord to the prophet Samuel saying, it repenteth me that I set Saul up to be king, for he has turned back from following me. And hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. He interceded for Saul. But you see, God had told Saul directly what to do through Samuel. He said, tell them all. Oh, can you imagine the? Can you imagine CNN today? Oh, they'd be so against Israel. Yeah. But God had given word through this prophet what they were to do. And Saul didn't do it. God said, he's turned back from following me and hasn't performed my commandments. Do you understand you can be in the perfect will of God and you can decide 
that you have a better idea. And you can get on the wrong side of God. And that's what Saul did. Verse 12. When Samuel rose up early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place and has gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Sounds like a religious thing to say. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in my ear and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? See, he could hear all that cattle. He could hear the sheep and the oxen. He could hear them. He said, what's the meaning of all this? Now, he already knew. And Saul said, they. They have brought them from the Amaleks, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Oh, now that sounds like a religious thing to do. And Samuel said to Saul, Stay, and I will tell you what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said unto him, Stay, stay on. And Samuel said, When thou was little in thy own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee to be king over Israel? And the Lord set thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners of the Amalekites and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then did thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly upon the spoil, and did evil, did evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said to Samuel, Remember what I said about learning to be quick to repent? Saul looked at Samuel and said, Yay, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. And I've gone the way which the Lord sent me and brought Agai, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalek. But the people, the people took the spoil the sheep and the oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord our God in Gilgal. Saul had disobeyed a direct order from God. And now he's not even taking the blame. He's saying, oh God, oh he's saying, Samuel, prophet, it was the people. Well, who was in charge of the people? Who was the king? Samuel was. Samuel was. And he didn't stop him. I'm sorry, Saul was. And Samuel said, has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Question. Which do you think the Lord prefers? 
Now, I want you to understand, in that day, the burnt offering and the sacrifices, what were they for? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. That's what they were for. You know, in this day and age, I've heard, I've heard it said every once in a while that it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Now, what that means is just go ahead and do it, and you can ask forgiveness when you find out it's wrong. It's better to ask forgiveness than permission. That is not biblical. That's not biblical. But yet I've heard it. I've heard it said. And usually the person saying it's kind of giggling about it because they think they're getting away with doing something wrong because they can just ask forgiveness afterwards. And we have brought that over into the Christian community. You know, rather than obey God's word, we'll just, we'll just, well, I'll go ahead and sin and ask God forgiveness later. But Samuel says, has God as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Behold, to ask permission is better than forgiveness. to ask forgiveness. And to hearken as to the fat of rams. He said, Saul, it would have been better for you to have obeyed than for you to have brought all this sheep and oxen to be sacrificed. God prefers obedience. Not only that, God demands obedience. Verse 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Most of you understand the sin of witchcraft. That is, that's a, that's defilement. Saul, King Saul, had rebelled against the word of the Lord. And it was as this witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Idolatry is worshiping another god, an idol. So when we rebel against what we know we should do, when we are stubborn against what God tells us to do, that puts us in sin. As if we had were into witchcraft or if we were into idolatry. And as believers, we're like, oh, we would never do that. But yet, how many of us have gotten into rebellion and stubbornness? I even heard people brag about being stubborn. Well, I'm stubborn. Don't be stubborn against God. Samuel was saying, Saul, you have been 
rebellious and stubborn against the will of God. Because thou rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected thee from being king. Now that's hard. That's hard. Say, thank you, Father, for Yeshua. Thank you, Father, for your son. But you see, that day is returning. God's demanding obedience. And Saul said to Samuel, oh, now he's changed his tune now. All of a sudden, he's heard that God's not going to let him be king and listen to him. And he said to Samuel, I have sinned. For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words before us because I feared the people and I obeyed their voice. How many of us have feared the people? Have feared the boss, the job, and disobeyed God's commandments. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. Now, let me tell you something. The man Samuel would have loved to have said yes to Saul. Well, Sister Donna, it doesn't say that. No, it says he cried all night. This wasn't something personal against Saul. Samuel. Samuel had to be obedient to God, too. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with thee. For thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected thee from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned away to go, he laid upon his, the skirt of his mantle, and it rent. And Samuel said to him, The Lord has rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. Ouch! Ouch! It's bad enough that God took it away, but now he said, God's going to give it to a neighbor that you know that's better than you. Do you know why? Because that neighbor was going to obey the voice of the Lord. See, when we disobey, It's evil. It's evil. But we disobey. It's rebellion. It's like witchcraft. Say, oh me. Oh me. Turn to Nehemiah, chapter 9. Obedience. Obedience. God demands obedience. Nehemiah. 
chapter 9, verse 17, 16 and 17. But they and our fathers dwelt proudly and hardened their necks. They were stiff-necked and hearkened not to my commandments. But they refused to obey. Neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou did among them, but hardened their necks and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsook them not. You see, many of us think God is this this big meanie in the sky with a big ball bat to pound us over the head when we mess up just one time. But that's not the case. King Saul had brought all of Israel into sin because he was the king. He had the authority to say, no, this is what God told me to do. And he didn't do it. Nehemiah here is saying, God is ready to pardon. He's gracious and merciful to you and I. He's slow to anger and he has great kindness. And he did not forsake the children of Israel. He didn't forsake them. Now, he allowed them to go into bondage a few times because of their disobedience, but he did not forsake them. God will allow you to go through things. God will allow you to have some hard times. God will allow you to not be overtaken by the promises because of your disobedience. God will allow it. God will not forsake you. You don't throw your hands up and say, well, it's too late for me because it isn't. It's never too late as long as you have breath in your life. As long as you can breathe, it's not too late. He did not forsake them. And God will not forsake you. Turn to Job, chapter 36, verse 11 and 12. Job, right after, after Psalms, Proverbs. If you obey, if they obey and serve him, They shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Takes obedience. Takes serving God. But if they obey not, they will perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. Do you understand that I had a choice to make? When prophet brought for the ministry the revelation about keeping Shabbat, 
about keeping the Levitical feast, I had a choice. I could either receive that word from the prophet as he as he laid it out, scriptures, or I could reject it. There were many in the congregation that rejected it. They rejected it. They left. I chose not to reject it. I chose to obey it. You have choice. You have choice. There have been thousands of people, Christians, that died that didn't know, didn't have the knowledge about keeping Shabbat. But now that the prophet brought it out, it's out there. If you don't understand it, we have have available. The transition of the church, Sabbath, heaven on earth, all the teachings the prophets gave, we have that available. You don't have to die without knowledge. It's your choice. It was my choice. Bible says, choose you this day. Choose you this day. Life or death. Blessing or cursing. It's your choice. It was my choice. All I can do is give you testimony of how it changed my life. I can't come and make you do it. But you see, God sees your heart. Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7. But this, verse 23 But this same command I then, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God. And you will be my people, and walk you in the ways that I commanded you, that it may be well with you. Do you understand that even in the midst of turmoil, it can be well with you? Scripture says whether we live or die, we belong to God. But it's going to take obedience. We've got to learn to obey his voice. Let's go on to to chapter 11. We're going to read verse 1 through 8. We're in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 11, 1 through 8. And the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant, speaking to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And say thou to them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, 
be the man that obeyed not the words of this covenant. If you don't obey the words of the covenant, you're cursed. Disobedience will become a curse to you. And you become cursed. I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed, not cursed. Verse 4. Which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, saying, he, now he's calling Egypt an iron furnace. Obey my voice and do them according to all that I command you. So shall ye be my people and I'll be your God. He's repeated it, isn't he? That I, now listen to this, that I may perform the oath which I have sworn to your fathers. God says, if you're not obedient, I can't keep the oath I made with your fathers. To give them a land flowing with milk and honey as it is this day. Then answered and I said, so be it, O Lord. And the Lord said to me, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant, and do them! And do them. I earnestly protested unto your fathers in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, even unto this day, rising early and protesting and saying, Obey my voice! Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ear, and didn't try to listen, or walked everyone in his imagination of their evil heart. Therefore, I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but they didn't do them. An evil heart. An evil heart. God said, God said, because they did not obey, because they, they wouldn't even listen. He said, they have an evil heart. They have an evil. Remember when, do you remember when God allowed prophets to see the hearts of people? And, he, and, and, and the hearts were either coal black or pure white. But the problem that he had was the 95 to 99 of them, percent of them were black. There wasn't very many white hearts that he saw. And he's like, God, God. You see, if you won't obey, you've got a black heart. An evil heart. And God said, all the words of the covenant, all the curses come upon you. Obedience. Obedience. She cut a bahashe Ye kurupashe kata boho makara. 
Father, I come before you. I lift up those who are listening today. Father, that they that they will search their hearts to see where they have fallen short. Father, I believe that as my minister, if you have pricked hearts and you have shown them this and this and this and that, where they have disobeyed your voice. Yes, Adabashi! Father, I pray that they will get honest with you. They won't be like Saul and say, oh, I've got it! To the point that that prophet has to come and rip the promises out. Then they finally ask forgiveness. She got a baha, she got a baha. Ye could be she got a baha. I pray that they will they will get serious in their own hearts. Ye got a baha. Pray in Yeshua's precious name. Now there's some of you that God wants to heal today. I want you to put your hand on wherever it is that, that God is, wherever it is that you need God to heal you. Somebody, you got something going on with your hip. Put your hand up on that hip in the name of Yeshua. In the name of Yeshua. Somebody, you got something going on with your shoulder or your neck. Put your hand on it in the name of Yeshua. I curse for thine symptoms. In the name of Yeshua, I send forth the angel to cause that healing to manifest. In Yeshua's precious name, amen. Is there somebody you have a rash? God's healing that. Somebody else you've got you got uh, psoriasis. Uh, 
even talking about possibly you could go septic. God's healing that. A curse it! In the name of Yeshua. Yeshua's precious name. Now do something you couldn't do before. And just begin to praise him. God inhabits the praise. Praise you, Father. Thank you and praise you, Father. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Father. Praise you and thank you. Yeshua's precious, precious name. Amen. Well, I want to thank each of you for tuning in. I want to remind you about our website, www.jewishprophet.com, our YouTube channel, Jewish Prophet. And I want to encourage you that if if you're on the fence about keeping Shabbat, you don't understand. I encourage you to get transition as a church and Sabbath heaven on earth. I encourage you. We pay the shipping. You know, that's one of the things that always irritated me. You, you look at the price of something and you think, okay, I can afford it. But then, then by the time they added tax and shipping to it, you couldn't afford it anymore. We pay the shipping. Thank you, Father. Shalom until next week. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Shalom. Yeah.